There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Point nine, Chai FM, soul to soul, on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kaidish, Parshas Emor. We're in the middle of Sphira, but we're getting ready for an amazing and beautiful Shabbos. First and foremost, a huge thank you to each and every one of you for making time on these ever-shortening Friday afternoons to put on your radio, put on your device, wherever you might be, and spend some time with us. Learning, learning something about the parsha this week. Learning about like Boimer and doing a bit of halacha. There's so much to cover, so much to do. Let's get started right away. By Hashem Hashem says to Moshe, Aaron, say to the Kainim, the sons of Aaron, and tell them. Emor, say, and then Vomarta and tell them, seems to be an apparent repetition. Rashi explains what does it mean emovamata as an enjoyment. Lahazir gedolim alakatanim that the kayanim, right, convey this teaching to others. In other words, more specifically, adult kayanim were cautioned lahazir regarding the children, the young kayanim, for adults are not permitted to allow children to become tummy, to become contaminated. All the Mephoshim, each in his own inimitable manner, explain the idea of the Hazir Gedolim Alakatanim. If I may be so bold as to suggest, I want to suggest that Lahazir, which also means to illuminate and cause to shine, is also an enjoyment to parents to make their children's positive achievements shine, to give them the luster so that they see how proud their parents are of their achievements. This imparts a powerful message. Right? You mean so much to me. Your success is very important to me. I am so proud of you. Lahazia, help your children to shine. That is the best way of ensuring their continued passion for, for Torah. It's not a new story, but it's a very, very important uh, message. When Rav Yitzhak was about 17 years old, so the, the terrible, terrible philosophies of the Haskalah, the Enlightenment movement, were being espoused throughout Europe at the expense of young people whose spiritual future was in serious, in serious risk. The scholar promised them respect, opportunities to further themselves, both intellectually and financially. No longer would society look down on them disparagingly as beggars and non-entities. And they tried so hard to try to convince Rav Hutner to to join them. They hounded him, right, to join the, the, the defectors. And they made every attempt to wear him down. Finally, they gave him an ultimatum. He must give them an answer the next morning. If his response was positive, 
the world would be his oyster. If he was negative, he could go back and continue being scorned as a parasite. When one lives with his other nine siblings under abject poverty, right, condition, and, 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 the, and the sort of the, the, the offerings are presented in such a beautiful, alluring, and convincing manner, it creates ambiguity within one's mind. Ravodna went to sleep. It was a very troubled sleep because he did not know how to get these people out of his life. At four o'clock, he woke up with a start. His decision had been made. He was continuing to attend yeshiva and Antibes Medish. His life would be one long symphony of Torah study. What entered his mind at four o'clock in the morning that gave him the power to wake him up and cause him to make such a conclusive decision? It was his mother's love for Torah. He remembered eight years earlier as a hater child, when he came home and announced that they had just finished the first parak of Gomorrah Babakama. His mother was so excited. The next morning he got up and he found his mother dressed in her Shabbos clothes and his sisters all wearing their Shabbos clothes. And he said, Mom, it's not Pesach, it's not Shavuos. And his mother answered, Today is a greater day than Pesach or Shavuos. You finished your first parak, and eventually you soon you'll finish your second parak, and your first Masechta, and eventually you'll finish Kalatarakula. There's nothing more exciting and nothing more greater to celebrate than that. Emma of Yamata, tell your children how much their achievements, how much they shine, and how much whatever they do is important to you. 11.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Emor, Tavshin, Pei This is the week in which we have two very special events, the week of Pesach Sheni, which will happen, please God, on Sunday, Moitzah Shabbos, and Sunday is Pesach Sheni, which was the opportunity of anyone who, for specific reasons, was not able to bring the Korban Pesach, when the whole nation brought it on Yudalit Nisan, was given a second opportunity, a second chance, so to speak, to bring it on the 14th of Iyar, which is on Sunday. It was quite unique. You went to Yerushalayim, you brought a Korban, you ate your Matzah and your Morah and your and you come Pesach, but there was no need to clean the house, there was no need to rid the comets. you could have comets around you and still fulfill the mitzvah. That's on Sunday, and then of course, on Wednesday, not Thursday, we have Lagboim, the 33rd day of the Omer, which is the celebration of the yard site of Rabbi Shem Ben Yechai. So let's share a little bit and a very interesting story that involves Rabbi Shem Ben Yechai, but also involves Rabbi Pinchas Ben, ben Yoyer. The Zayar in Pasha's Pollock tells a story about Rapinchas ben Yoyer, who went once to visit his daughter. His daughter, of course, was the wife of Rav Shemben Yochai. Rapinchas ben Yoyer was Rav Shemben Yochai's his father-in-law. And unfortunately, she wasn't, she wasn't well. So Rapinchas ben Yoyer was riding on his donkey, and uh, his tamidim were going with him. While they were on the way, 
they met two Arabs and he turns to them and asks them, tell me, do you know that in this field, a long, long time ago, there was a certain voice that was heard in this field? So the Arabs answer him, we, 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 we don't know what's happened a long time ago, but as long as we're here, we know. Then one day, a group of robbers were hiding here in, in the field, and they were attacking everyone that was passing by. And some Yidin, some Jews came by, and the robbers wanted also to attack them. And from far away, they heard the sound of a, of a donkey, like the donkey that you're, that you're riding of, that he was braying in a very, very, very loud uh, uh, voice twice. And together with that loud voice, a fire right, came and burnt all the robbers and saved the Jews from that terrible attack. When Apinachas ben heard this, he benched them. He blessed the, the Arabs that in the merit of this story that you told me, you also will be saved from other robbers who are waiting for you on, on the roads. And then Rapinchas praised HaKadosh Baruch Hu Olam and he said, says, Hashem alone, who does all kinds of amazing wonders, his chesed survives forever. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu does miracles with, with all kinds of human beings and they don't even know about it. And what does it say? The person who is the, the recipient of a miracle doesn't even always realize that he's received a miracle. Says Talmidim, what, what I asked these Arabs if they heard any sound in the field, my, my intention was, have they ever heard any Taira coming from this field? Why? Because Rav Shimon ben Yechai and his son, Rabbi Lazar, and all of their Talmidim, they sit and learn Torah here in this field. And they don't even know that we are, that we are on our way to visit them. And that's why I asked these, these Arabs, because I know that the voice of Rabbi Yehuda, of Rav Shimon ben Yechai, is a very, very, very frightening uh, a voice, and it frightens all the fields and all the, all the mountains. And they revealed to me something that I didn't know. That through the, the voice of the donkey that I'm riding came this, this fire and burnt the robbers. Now, as they were continuing to, to, to uh, travel along, so the Arabs came back to them. And they said to Apinchus, and they said, Saba, Saba, old man, you asked us if we heard a, any, any voice uh, uh, you know, over, over the past years, and you didn't ask us, what, what do we see today? Because we saw something absolutely amazing that transpired today. And that was, there were five people sitting 
And there was one old man amongst them who was teaching them Taira, and the birds spread their wings above their heads to make shade for them. So Pinchas ben said to them, that's what I asked you. I asked you, uh, 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 you Arabs, go, go, go on your way. And please God, you should have a, a, a good a good journey and you should be safe and everything you want to achieve should be achieved. Because you told me two things that made me very, very happy. And as a reward for that, you should be benched on whatever road that, that you travel. And the Arabs left. So the Talmudim turned to Apenchus and they said to him, why didn't you ask the Arabs where was the place of Rav Shimon ben Yochai? Because well, we don't know where he's sitting. Says Rav Pinchas, says, don't worry. Just let my donkey lead us and he will bring us to where we need to, where we need to, to, uh, to go. Right? There's a Malach who's in charge of animals. He will direct the steps of, of the donkey. Rav Pinchas let go of the of the reins and he stopped kind of driving the donkey and the donkey turned off the the straight road and went a great distance of two miles until he brought them to the place where Rav Shimon and his Talmidim were sitting. This is the story in the Zaya. To try to explain this, says the Ben Ishkai in his Sefer Ben Yoyada, which of course explains the words of the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where the Gemara says that when David HaMelech right, fell and was taken captive by Yishbi, the giant Yishbi, who was the brother of, of Goliath, at that time, so Avishai ben Tsuruya was his general, and he was busy uh, 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 washing his hair in honor of Shabbos Kodesh. And suddenly he sees blood stains and he sees a dove hovering and flapping its wings madly and in, in clearly in distress. And you understood that David Amelach must be in, in danger. He went to the house of David and couldn't find him. He wanted to take the, the mule of, of David, but he said, no, I can't. There's a halacha that you're not allowed to ride on the horse of, of the king. So he went to the Basimedish and he said to him, Rabbi Isai, this Pikuach Nefesh, am I allowed to ride the, the, the mule of Dovna Melech or not? And they allowed him to do it. And story carries on, carries on uh, there how he goes and, and saves, and saves David. And Rabbi Yasef Chaim asks the question, why did Avishai have to go and take the mule of Dovon Melech? Why couldn't he take some other quick animal and, and, and go? Why did Dafka need that? And he explains it using the words of the, of the Zayar HaKadosh that we mentioned, that it was absolutely clear to Rav Pinchas that his donkey would find the place of Rav Shimon Ben Yochai. Why? Because every physical thing that that one needs for something that is holy, so uh, 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 
the physical entities, the animals, have part of it's part of the existence, a portion of kedusha that will give him the ability to do what needs to be done for man. And that's why Chazal say that the stone on which Rabbi Lazar ben Hurkanus used to uh, uh, sit and, and learn Torah on was like Hasinai. And also the, uh, the, uh, uh, the things that the Navi used to lean on when he was when he was uh, when he was doing his holy his holy work, right? He kind of leaned his his forehead and his head on it. So those things have have kedusha, right? And that's how he explains that physical things that are used by holy people to do holy things themselves have 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 kedusha. We're going to carry on with this discussion when we come back after the break. This is one one point nine High FM. The program is soul to soul. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Emar Tovshin, Pei Beis, as we get ready for another astounding and beautiful Shabbos in the week that's going to lead us to Lag Boim, and we're talking about the, the vital role that even the animal kingdom plays in helping and and uh, being able to carry out the will and the needs of great, great people. And we, we brought the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where the general of David, of, of, of David Amelech, in order to save David's life, asked permission to ride David Amelech's own mule, which generally is forbidden. You're not allowed to use something belonging to, to the king. So we asked the question, the Rabbi Yosef Chaim asked the question, why was it? that he needed to take the king's mule. Why couldn't he just take any other fast animal and go and, and find out where David was? So he explains that Avishai uh, uh, ben Suya needed to take the mule specifically of the king because <laughs> how is he supposed to know where David is? Where should he go? Which direction should he go? Should he go north or south, east or west? And therefore... He had this clever idea to ride on the mule of Davon Melech, which he knew that was the, the mule that Davon Melech always rode rode on. And when Davon Melech rode on it, of course, Davon Melech was busy learning Torah and, 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 and involving himself in the highest level of learning, right? So in order that he'd be able to understand and make the right decisions and, and, and the holy decisions that he would need to, to uh, accomplish and do whatever he did. And, and, therefore, and, and therefore it's obvious that that animal was imbued also with some kind of ruach of, of Kedusha, like we saw with the donkey of Rapinchas ben Yoyer, and therefore, in the same way as Rapinchas ben Yoyer relied on his donkey to lead him to the place where Avshuma Yuchai and his Talmidim were sitting, so too Avishai relied on the mule of David Melech that it should direct him to the place where David Melech was, was, and and that's in fact what what happened, and it went all by itself to near the land of the Polishtim, 
and from Shemayim, they helped in that in that situation. They got that They got there incredibly uh, quickly in order they should be able to get the place straight away, and the the uh, and was were able to to save uh, David Amelach's uh, life. Perhaps we could even go a step further and, and maybe take a different tack in understanding how did the Hamar of Rav Pinchas ben Yoyer know where the place of Rav Shem ben Yochai was. And maybe you can base it on what the Sefer Hasidim says, that he explains why, how come we don't see Malachim that are all around us. We are completely surrounded by Malachim all the time. How come we're blissfully unaware of it? So he says, uh, because he explains, if people would understand what's around them and they would know what they were seeing, they would see many, many, many things. They would see uh, animals that are, are, are able to, to, to give away secrets, right? Like this donkey saw what Bilam couldn't, couldn't see. Because we know that living beings, all animals, have a certain kind of ability to see further and differently even than human beings see. We find by Yenison ben Uziel in the Gemara in, in Masech HaSukkah that when he was sitting and learning Torah, any bird that would fly above him straight away would be burnt. And Rashi says the reason because there were so many Malchi Asharis, so many Malachim that were gathering around Yonis and Benzil to hear his words of, of Torah. And certainly Rav Shimon also merited to have that kind of an entourage. And the donkey of Rav Pilchus Ben Yoyer could see from a great distance those Malachim who were found together with Rav Shimon and, and, uh, and which Rav Pilchus himself could never, could never have, have seen. Another possibility is, maybe we can give another reason that, the, that enabled the donkey to reveal the place where, where uh, Benchaz Ben Yair was, and that was maybe through the power of smell, as we find again. In the in the Zara Kaddish, that Hashem Yochai was once on the on on a journey, and Rav Pinchas Ben Yoyer was also on a journey, but they didn't know that they were each year they couldn't see each other because there was this huge rock that uh, that uh, obscured one from the other, and the donkey of Rav Pinchas Ben Yoyer stopped and didn't want to go any further. And those who were accompanying, who didn't understand why the the donkey uh, uh, stopped, so they began to to pull him forcibly. Says Rapin Chaspenyor, uh uh uh, leave the donkey, because obviously he smells something something uh, uh, new. And then, uh, very shortly, Rapin Chaspenyor came into into interview. So therefore, perhaps here also we can say that. The, the smell of the donkey of Rapilchas was able to smell even from a great distance the the uh, of two of two miles he was able to smell Rav Shemayn The Zayakarish carries on 
and tells another story. And of course, like Boimer is, is, is a mitzvah to speak about things from the Zaya. Tells a story that when the donkey came to the place of, of Rashim and Chai, the donkey began to bray and bray three times. Rapinchas Benyoyer got off the donkey and said to his Talmidim, let's prepare ourselves to, to greet, to greet Rav Shimon, right? The, 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 to greet the, the Shechina, which, which uh, dwelt on, on, on the face of, of, of Rav Shimon. Because now, says uh, 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 where we you know all, all the malachim that are that are with him are coming to 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 meet us right great people small people and uh, and Rav Shimon and his Talmidim are, are going to greet us. Rav Shimon heard the brain of the donkey and he said to his Talmidim, "Come, let's go out because I can hear the 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 donkey of the great and and saintly Chassid." Who's, who's coming? So Rav Shimon began to reveal to them the, the, the secrets of Mizmor Shiru Lashem Shichadash. Capital in Tehillim. Sing to Hashem a new song. Because Hashem did, did miracles. And that's uh, uh, referring to the, the song of the, of the cows at the time when they were bringing the Oran back from the of the Polishtim. And with that he explained what the, the, the donkey was was uh, was praying about and it also was singing was singing Shira. And the Zaya says, when Rapinchas Ben Yoy met Rav Shimon Ben Yochai, so he kissed Rav Shimon and he said, I was Zaycha to kiss the the uh the Piyashem, the mouth of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that that uh, you are adorned with the sweet smell of 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 Gan Eden, and they they rejoiced together and they sat down. Now when when uh, Rav Pinchas Ben Yoyer sat down, all the birds which until this point were creating shade above the heads of Rav Shimon Yechai and his Talmidim, they began to fly and they began to, to leave the place. However, Rav Shimon turned to them and said to them, no, 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 aren't, aren't you worried about the cover of the Shekhinah that's, that's over here? Straight away the birds stopped, right? They didn't come any closer, but they also didn't get any further. Shezra Pinchas to Rav Shimon, tell the birds that they should, that they should go. Says Rav Shimon, no, no. I know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to do a miracle for us in a different way. And, and therefore, they can go. They can go on their way. So Rav Shimon turned to the birds and said, birds, go on, go on your way. And tell the Malach who's in charge of you that Originally, he had permission to send you to make shade for us, but now you are no longer have the, the ability or the permission to make shade because your Pinchas Ben Yoyer is even greater than you, and he doesn't want to, 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 uh, to bother you to make shade. But I'm asking that on some other day when we're going to be 
sort of by ourselves amongst the rocks and there aren't going to be any clouds, please come back and make and make shade for us. You'll come back and and you'll make you make shade. And the birds all flew all flew away. At um in meanwhile, a miracle came and three trees, right, with big broad branches suddenly sprouted sprouted up on three three sides in order to make shade for them. Says Rapinchas, wow, this was this was a, a huge, huge imposition for all the birds to have to stand on top of us and make shade for us. And I don't want to 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 uh, to be matriarch. I don't want to bother even living beings, even animals, because it says Hashem has compassion on everything in in the worlds. Says Rav Shimon that I didn't. Tell them to go. But if HaKadosh Baruch Hu had mercy upon us and sent us the birds to make shade for us, we don't have the ability to push them aside and, 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 and send them on, on their way. And again, the question was, what, what is in fact, what's going on? And what is the whole argument here between Rav Shimon and, and, and Rav Pinchas? Do they have a right to impose upon the birds to 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 uh, serve them or or, or not. So there's more about on Daf Pehe that it says that uh, uh, Rabbi Rabbi Yudanasi suffered certain kind of suffering. Right? They then they happened because of a certain incident that took place, and because of another incident they went. Why did they come? So it says. There was a, a calf that was being taken off to be shechted. So came the, the, the calf and it kind of hit its head under the, under the uh, garment of Rebbe. And it was crying. Rebbe said to it, go. This you were created to be shechted, to be, to be meat. Go. And they said, since he doesn't have any rachmanus on on animals, he must he must suffer. And and he had terrible toothache. And then through another uh, a situation, another incident, they went away. What was that? One day, the uh, the the maid of Rebbe was sweeping the the house. And uh, there were little, little, uh, little, an- and little animals, and she was trying to chase them out. And he said to her, "Leave them, leave them." It says, Hashem has compassion on all of his of his creations. And they said, "Oh, <coughs> since he has now learned to have compassion, to have feeling for the animals, let's have mercy on him, on him also." So it's explained that Rebbe said to that calf, go, that's what you were created for. In, in other words, the whole reason for the existence of living beings is to serve human beings. And in fact, as the Rambam, the Rambam brings down in his introduction to the parish Hamishnais, says, generally says, we have to know that whatever is found in this world is found 
in order to serve and be a benefit to human beings. That's his only reason. And all the wild animals have either either to to be food for human beings, like the sheep and the and the and the cattle and those things. And there's some that are for other uh, 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 uses, right? Besides besides food, let's say the donkey to to transport him, right? Uh, whatever he couldn't, whatever he can't carry in his hand, the donkey can carry, and and uh, horses, so it can be able to get uh, 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 far far distances in a, in a short amount of time. There's some things that we don't even know what purpose they have, but they all have a, a very very important purpose for human being, and we don't sometimes we don't even know what that purpose is. Even the trees and the and the flowers. Some are for human consumption. Some are for medicinal reasons to heal him from his diseases. And even the, the grasses and all the other things that grow, everything that's found in the world of uh, of, of living or, or growing entity, that uh, if they're not necessary for food, Right, so you have to know that that thing has some other. Uh, it's, if we don't understand what the purpose is, only because our intellect is too weak to to understand it, and we don't uh, we don't know what every grass and every fruit and every type of 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 uh, animal is uh, is like. We have we have great big uh, uh, elephants. We have little little worms. Every single one of them has a very, very important purpose for, for the human being. And the, the proof of that is that in every generation, well, we're going we're gonna to discover new kinds of grasses, new kinds of fruits that never, ever existed uh, before. And they have tremendous, tremendous benefit and tremendous purpose in, 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 the, in the world. And human beings don't have the ability to sort of get our mind around it and, and get a general understanding of what that purpose is, of what every single thing that grows does for us. However, uh, uh, some of these things are revealed to us throughout the generation, sometimes through uh, experimentation, sometimes by accident. Hashem allows us to figure out the great benefit of what of what these things are, and, and he carries on the, the Rambam. So it comes out, therefore, that the entire Bria, everything that exists in the entire world, is here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to serve the human the human being. And we find, Chazal, that there were uh, uh, living beings, there were animals that came by themselves, in order to be sheltered. For instance, in the uh, in the Targum Sheni on, on Megillah Sester, he brings that in the time of Shlomo Melech, the animals used to come all by themselves to the to the to the butchery to get sheltered. And in fact, it's written uh, the Yitav Lev uh, brings down in the name of the bear of the bear Mayim Chaim that the the lamb that was chosen for the carbon Pesach, 
would run. The Jews didn't have to go and select the Karm Pesa. The animal that was to be their Karm Pesa would run to the Balabais, to his Balabais, in order to allow him to bring it. So too it says in Tehillim Nun Aleph, then they would want uh, the carbonus of oiler. Then you'd bring bulls on, on your mezbech. In other words, that the, the parim would almost go by themselves onto the mezbech in order to be to be shechted. Right? In fact, the the the, uh, the Imre Kodesh, uh brings. On, on the, the great uh, Rabbi Yehuda Tzvi uh, from Satretin, that he was a Shechet, and, and, and the birds used to fly to him when he went to Shecht. And the animals also would crouch down in front of him and stretch out their necks at the time when he wanted to Shecht. And one time, a, a, uh, an ox ran away from a certain master and went out to the forest and that shore was a, a terrible dangerous shore it was it was goring people and it was and it was hurting many many people and no one could 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 grab it and there were people that said to its master that they have one itza how they were going to be able to catch the, the ox and that is they would ask this uh, this uh, great rov from satratin to come and shelter him and that's what they did. They asked him to come and shech that, that ox. And when he came with his mess, with, with his shechita knife, to the shechita, to that forest, straight away, the, 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 that ox came and, and, and kneeled down in front of him and, and put out its neck. And he was able to shech it and check it according, according to Allah. So that is that live animals understand and know that they have a very, very, very important purpose to serve the tzaddikim, those who, who learn Torah. And that's what Rebbe said to the Ego, go, go, that's what you're here for. And therefore those birds who protected the Rabbi Shimon Ben Yechai and his, and his friends. However, Rabbi Pinchas held that if you could get the same purpose by using, let's say, a, a growing thing and not a living animal, right, where there's less suffering because an animal uh, has, has feelings or whatever it might be, that's better. And therefore, he wanted to send away the, the, the birds and rather have the, trees, have the trees grow. One of the many, many teachings we celebrate on Lagba Oimer, the utility of the animal world for human human beings. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our halachic segment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Air Shabbos Kedish, Pashas MR5762, Tavshin Peibes, and a warm welcome to those who may have just joined us. It's so great to have you on board. We've been talking about all kinds of things. We spoke about at the beginning of Pasha's MR. We spoke about the responsibility of, of teaching our children. And we spoke on, in honor of Lag Bo'emer about a very important lesson. We learned from Shemba Yuchai about the usability and, and the existence 
of all of the world of all the animals to serve man. But now we're going to turn to Hilchah Shabbos. But before we do that, as we always do at this time on the show, just to go through the important details you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So, candle lighting, the earliest time for candle lighting is in just about an hour and a half, 4.22. You can already light light your candles. I'm sure all of you are all ready for Shabbos, just kind of tying your ties and, and getting everything last minute uh, 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 sort of preparations done. So 4.22 will be plenty of time to get those candles up, to get our Shabbos started, to get really into the mood of a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Emma. It looks like it's going to be just a beautiful, wonderful Shabbos for all of us. And whatever's been gone through the week, Whatever's happened during the week, we just put our chins up and we smile and we say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you got me through this week, no matter how it was, let's enjoy, let's relax, let's kind of kvel in, in, your, in your Shabbos, and Bez Hashem will draw the strength, will draw the inspiration, will draw what we need to be able to carry on with next Next week, next week being a very, very special week. As we know, we have two very special days coming next week. Sunday, as we said, is going to be Pesach Sheni, second opportunity to bring the carbon Pesach for those who weren't able to bring it on the first day, on the 14th of Nisan. And then Wednesday night, Thursday is, of course, like Boimer with its festivities and all kinds of things going on communally. Check your notice boards, check your shul newsletters to find out what is being offered, especially on, on Wednesday night. Thursday, of course, being like Boimer, you can perhaps listen to some music if you haven't and, and get a haircut and do all that kind of, that kind of uh, stuff. It's a kind of a little oasis in the middle of, of the sphere. But getting back to Shabbos. So we said the earliest time for lighting candles is at, is at uh, 422. The latest time for lighting uh, Shabbos candles this week. It's getting earlier all the time. Every week it's getting a bit earlier. The earliest time to light the Shabbos candles this week is at 512. 12 minutes past 5 is the latest time to do it. So that doesn't give you all that much time, but we can do, we can get everything organized by, by then, make sure the candles are lit, make sure there is, you know, we may have load shedding then, those who are going to have load shedding, make sure that there is some light in every room that you're going to be using on Friday night, whether it be an emergency light, but let it be some candles, there shouldn't be any room in the house where just because there's load shedding, that, that, that it is completely dark. That's part of the oinig, it's part of the beauty of Shabbos to have to have a, a, a light. So latest time is 5.12. Shkia then is at 5.30. That's the absolute sort of injury time if you're really, really stuck. Therefore, if you want to daven Mayerav at night and be able to say Krishma night after repeated, you got to wait till just about 5.48. 548 is proper night. You can dive in my room then. And then you got a really long Friday night. Ah, what a time to just sink into a beautiful uh, Shabbos meal, some soup, some zamiris, some good divrei Torah. And then afterwards, a book. It's too early to go to sleep that early at 7. So sit down and, and learn something or whatever. Speak, spend time with the family. And then you can still get an early an early night. Tomorrow, of course, the Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Emar 
with its discussions about the laws of the Kayanim and, and various blemishes that apply to animals and to the Kayanim. And then we have all the parts of the Pasha about the Yom Toivim, Shabbos, Pesach, Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and then various other interesting things towards the end. The Haftarah, of course, is the Haftarah prescribed for Pasha's Emma, which deals with the book of Yecheska, with the laws that apply to Kayanim also. And the Shabbos carries carries on. Uh, this week, of course, Pirkeovis, this is the third Shabbos of the of the of the weeks between Pesach and Shavuos. So we're gonna read Perik Gimel in Pirkeovis. Take a time, open a book and and, and learn some of the Pirkeovis. There's so much inspiration, there's so much growth, there's so much potential for us to find in there and and and, and to try to emulate the teachings of our great of our great uh, uh, rabbis. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 6.03, three minutes past six is the end of, of, of Shabbos. And then as I say, Sunday is is uh, is, is Pesach Sheri. So it's an action-packed kind of kind of week. We are learning, of course, about the meals of of Shabbos. We spoke last week about making hamotzi and how one does it over two loaves of bread. Now, we know that we said before that we have to have three meals on on Shabbos. It's learned from a posuk where it says the word hayoyim three times. And the, the meal that we have on Shabbos day it's brought that that is even more distinguished, even more important than the suda we have on Friday night. And therefore, the, the best food that we've managed to procure, that we've managed to make, that we've managed to have in our larder before Shabbos, we should keep it for the second suda, the suda that we have on Shabbos, on Shabbos day. Obviously, uh, uh, in terms of the Kiddush, the Kiddush on Friday night is much, much more important. Could be that it's even a, a uh, on some level, a, a, a Torah obligation. Maybe after we daven, it's only rabbinic, but it's quite, quite uh, important to say the whole thing, the Vayichulu, and the special bracha for the Kiddush. Uh, during the day, so although we said the Kiddush at night is much, much more important, because that we said is uh, as Shabbos comes in, we have to salute and 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 uh, and announce and trumpet the holiness of of Shabbos as Shabbos comes comes in. But as far as covered Shabbos, as far as the honor of Shabbos is concerned, the honor of Shabbos day takes precedence over the honor of Shabbos night, and that comes from the Gemara and and, and the Shulchan Aruch. Now, there are some who are of the opinion that if someone shows more deference and more honor to the surah that he has on Friday night, more than the surah he has on, on, Shabbos, on Shabbos day, that's not such a wonderful, wonderful thing. You must give the right deference and the right respect and the right honor where it is, where it is, uh, where it is due. And in that way, if you uh, kind of uh, put everything into the Friday night meal and just sort of have a, a cold meat sandwich for for lunch, you are 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 insulting and demeaning the honor of the Suda of of the of, of the day. And therefore there were those people who were quite careful 
not to eat fish at the meal on Friday night, in order that you shouldn't have a situation that the meal on Friday night should be more important and more elaborate than the meal during the, the, the day. Others explain that if it comes out that the Suda on Friday night is more distinguished than the meal during the day, because the, the, obviously the, the advantage of Friday night is that I can have a lot of hot food, I can have fresh, fresh food. If that's the reason why Friday night's uh, meal is, is more tasty and more, more geschmack, then that's not, that's not an insult. And therefore, one should not hold back from, from preparing for the Friday night meal, uh, a fish which, even if it has to be served hot, it's a very nice thing to have on, on Friday night. And, and, and some soup and other cooked dishes that if you go to, obviously, if you would leave them until the next day, they wouldn't be as, as, uh, as, as nice. Even though it, it might practically then emerge that the meal on Friday night is actually nicer and, and, and then, than the one you're going to have during, during the day. But as regards other foods, where it doesn't make a difference whether you serve them Friday night or Shabbos. Either way, they're going to be nice and, and, and tasty, and I can serve them either on Friday night or on Shabbos day. Let's say my wine, my, my fruit, my sweets and stuff like that. So there, we should definitely put some very, very nice things away and, and save them to make sure to give honor and even preference to the Suda of, of Shabbos of Shabbos uh, a day. We'll be back in a moment with some closing comments. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM Soul to Soul Back in the radio Head of Shabbos Kodesh Pashas M1576 Tutoshim Bebez We are talking about The meals And particularly The meal on Shabbos Day And we're saying How important it is That the Shabbos Day meal Be something Very 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 special And the truth is By many people This is not a problem At all Because in spite of the fact That they might Serve On Friday night Very nice hot And fresh Food so they perhaps like even more the food that we have on Shabbos day, right? The, 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 the chalent and, and the kugel that we have on Shabbos day, that they're, they have a very, very special Shabbos taste. And, and that is promoted by the fact that on the contrary, they spend a long time on the, on the hot tray, on the, in the, in the slow cooker, however you make your, 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 your chalent. And, and that's what gives them this special Shabbos flavor. Practically speaking, someone who prefers the food of Shabbos day, so then certainly he's going to then uh, show, more, show more deference and honor to the Suda of the day. Someone who doesn't like uh, a challenge, you know, maybe we have to check into his uh, lineage. No. Uh, so then, obviously, he has to then add to the meal on Shabbos Day special food that he loves, that he likes, so that he can then express his honor and deference for, for the Shabbos Day more than the Friday nights. 
which doesn't mean that you have to skimp on the Friday night, the Friday night meal. Now, some people are, are of the opinion that certainly lechatchila, uh, right after one makes kiddush in the morning, one should have a bread meal. That one, the kiddush in the morning. Some say that the kiddush in the morning only works if it's followed directly by a bread meal, and not just to have just some some cake and stuff and other and other food because the main mitzvah of oinig of pleasure on Shabbos is the meals of Shabbos and if you're going to eat all kinds of other food before then you're not going to have such a great appetite as we know sometimes by the time you've had the elaborate kedushim we have in sh- in some shuls no one has an appetite for uh, uh, Shabbos lunch which of course can certainly cause some kind of shalom bias problems here though their mother or wife has worked so hard to prepare this amazing meal, and everyone's uh, stuffed themselves on, on sushi, whatever, and shul, and then uh, no one appreciates all the culinary arts. And that, that dovetails with this opinion of the going that the, the kiddush should be directly followed by a Shabbos, a Shabbos meal. However, we know that we have, uh, 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 we have the minig of, in our community of making Kiddush in the shul, it's a social occasion, we eat something, but really, one should have what one needs to have, but not sort of overly stuff oneself, because one wants to have definitely room for the main, main attraction, which is the main, the main Shabbos meal, but as we've spoken before, as a minimum, please, one must be careful that in order for the Kiddush to take effect, to be effective, to have had, considered to have had Kiddush, one has to have some Mazinus. To hear Kiddush and then just kind of a, 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 a you know, kind of nibble on, on, on a carrot or, or a handful of popcorn is not fulfilling the Kiddush. You must have some biscuits or, or a muffin or a piece of cake. I know, I know the diet, the diet. If you do the halacha, then I promise you, your diet will not suffer and you'll be able to lose whatever you may have not lost on Shabbos. You'll lose even more during, during the, uh, the, the, the weekday. But certainly to save some prominence, to save some real importance for the main meal of, of lunch, which is eaten then right after shul, as early as possible, ideally before before midday, if at all, if at all possible. That's about all the time we're going to have today. So it just leaves me a minute, not even a minute, to wish you all. First of all, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being part of our radio family, and to each and every one of our radio family, a warm, geschmack, inspiring, lovely, and kind of fuzzy. Good Shabbos, Kultuf.